Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, beast slayers. As you may have heard me discuss before, research indicates there is a very tight link between migraines and the gut, also known as our digestive system. And certainly my clinical experience um, fits with that research. So how to promote a healthy gut and a healthy microbiome has been a recurring topic inside of our Migraine Everland community and in our clinic chats over the years. I did a presentation covering uh, that topic in depth titled Optimizing Gut Health, Maximizing Your First Line of Defense Against the Beast. And in today's Miracle Moment episode, I'm sharing an excerpt from that presentation where I talk about the links between migraine and the gut and why the health of the gut is so important for migraine protection and slaying the beast for good. Once again, these clinic chat live sessions are where we get together with our Migraine Everland members over Zoom, and I either present around an important topic or we have a general question and answer session. And if you'd like to take part in future live clinic chat sessions, uh, as well as access the entire archive of prior sessions, um, including this one on gut health, then head over to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash start. And there's a link in the um, podcast description as well. Some of the episodes uh, that I did were five keys to breaking rebound, um, key nutrients for migraine protection, um, the histamine and migraine connection, what you need to know, what you need to know about preventative medications, um, as well as the exercise and migraine connection. All right, and now without further delay, here is the episode. Welcome again, everybody, to Clinic Chat Live, all about optimizing gut health. It's about maximizing our first line of defense against the beast. Um, so it's a, as you probably heard me talk about, it's a really important topic, one that uh, has has evolved a lot over the years and will likely continue to evolve a lot um, in the coming years. As you've probably heard me say before, there's a really tight link, I think, between migraines and the gut, and really the gut and health in general. So it touches on every every potential condition we might uh, care about. Uh, but it's certainly a high yield topic for anybody with migraines, and it is also a uh, big topic, uh, huge and complex, and one where we still have. Uh, a lot more questions than we have answers, and it's it's also a topic where it's it's a, it's a little bit hard to know where to stop. Um, especially especially as I was preparing this talk, there are so many different rabbit holes that you could potentially go down. Um, and, you know, every one of these topics that I'm going to be talking about is just a whole world in and of itself, um, and where there's you know more and more research coming all the time. I'll be covering kind of the big picture here and really trying to focus on what you need to know from a practical standpoint on this particular issue. So hopefully you will come away 
um, understanding some of the most important concepts, along with whether there might be certain areas where you need to pay further attention or dig deeper into. Um, also, uh, as you know, I'm a neurologist, um, and um, while I have been researching this area of, of the gut uh, and so forth, and, and have have uh, several people who I'm close with who I do consider experts in this area, I do not consider myself an expert in this particular uh, area of the gut. Uh, though uh, I do, um, I, I probably am in the in the realm of the connection between gut and migraines, and I probably um, spent more time focusing on uh, that relationship. Uh, you know, both from a um, theoretical and academic perspective, but also a practical standpoint in, in working with patients than than anybody anybody else. Um, and I'm sure, as you probably know. It is extraordinarily unlikely that uh, your neurologist or other MD will address this particular topic at all as part of uh, a mig migraine care, um, despite how important it is. Uh, because, as I've said before, the job there really is to find the best prescription to prescribe. All right, so some of the primary questions to try to answer in this talk are what is the link between migraines and the gut? Um, how does our modern diet and lifestyle, or how does mismatch, uh, disrupt gut health? What are the keys to maintaining a healthy gut? What is a healthy microbiome, and how do we promote it? And what are the best foods for migraineurs to promote a healthy mi microbiome? Now, for my mandatory methods that I give in all these sessions, remember there are no smoking guns or silver bullets. Um, and if you spend any time researching this particular issue of the gut, you realize how true this is, how interconnected everything is, and how everything um, depends on context. So you can't isolate the impact of any one thing ever, but rather must always consider how everything is working together as a whole, which of course is kind of the cornerstone of a holistic approach to health and migraines. Another caveat that I realized I probably should start putting at the beginning of each of these is don't neglect rebound. Um, I know uh, it may feel to some that like I've beaten this horse to death. It feels like that to me, but it's still not uncommon to see people who are still not completely heeding that message. And uh, I don't like seeing the same story unfold over and over again. So without a doubt, attending to gut health is super, super important for your overall health and migraine pre uh, prevention and key to progressing on the road to migraine Everland, but only if the rebound piece has been addressed. And by that, I mean the impact of the abortive medications, especially those that are higher, highest up on the um, future migraine risk score scale that I've uh, given in the past. All right, and final caveat, expect things to change in this area uh, in the coming years. Um, this is of course true of all topics in health. Um, our understanding is going to evolve and improve over time as we get closer and closer to the truth. And that is certainly uh, true in this case uh, of gut health, um, especially given how complex this is and how early things are in a lot of the areas of research here. And that's one reason why it's been a, a topic that we've kind of continuously re revisited over the years in our clinic chat discussions. And of course, I see that as one of the um, reasons for Migraine Everland and these discussions is to share with you things as they evolve and as my own thinking changes based on new or better evidence or uh, experience.
Okay. Now on to the topic at hand. So I'll start by saying that I think there's enough evidence, um, both from the various streams of research, as well as my own clinical experience, to consider migraines or think of them to be at least in part a disorder of the gut. And by that, I mean that I think it's that some degree of breakdown in gut health and function is necessary for them to develop. And I'll explain more uh, about why that is in a minute. Um, we know the gut is intimately connected with the brain. Um, in fact, it wouldn't be wrong to consider the gut as part of the brain. And some people refer to it as our second brain uh, to reflect that. So, you know, from that standpoint, it's no surprise that it has such a profound influence uh, on migraine. First, what, is, what do we mean by the gut? So typically when people say the gut, they're referring to our digestive system or probably more specifically our digestive tract. So mouth, esophagus, stomach, stomach, small and large intestine. And naturally, most of us associate our digestive system and our digestive tract with eating and pooping. And so we think of its main function as breaking down and absorbing what we eat um, so that we can obtain the essential nutrients that we need to power all of the chemical reactions inside of us and stay alive. Um, and it's also responsible for getting rid of the things we eat uh, that we don't need uh, as waste, as well as the, the metabolic byproducts of um, the nutrients and energy that we use. And additionally, some things that we ingest um, comes bundled up with other things that we, we don't need at all um, and that can be downright harmful. So another job of the gut is to keep things out so or only to allow what in what we need and keep the rest of it out so it functions as a selective barrier. So again, absorbing food and um, getting rid of waste is what most of us think about as the primary role of the gut. But in recent years, we've learned that it's also involved, involved in a whole lot more than that. And a large part of that has to do with all of the microorganisms that reside inside the gut, um, which we'll be talking more about in a minute. But some of those extra things that the gut does uh, is regulating the immune system, uh, it's definitely intimately involved with mood and cognitive function, and that's because it's uh, intertwined and integrated with the brain. Um, it's involved in appetite regulation, and it's also uh, involved in energy metabolism and likely a key factor in uh, development of obesity. Also, it's important to note that um, while it's most common to have digestive symptoms uh, with gut disorders, um, not all gut disorders lead to uh, easily recognizable digestive symptoms. Migraines being a prime example of this. So as I've said, I think you can make a strong case that migraines are uh, in part a gut disorder or that you can't have migraines without some degree of gut dysfunction. Uh, yet here you have a condition where gut dysfunction is manifesting, um, not as a digestive problem, but as migraines. And even though um, digestives are digestive issues are not surprisingly more common in those with migraines, there are still many with migraines who may not consider themselves to be having any um, digestive issues. Another um, 
classic example of this is celiac disease or uh, gluten intolerance. So despite the fact that the primary problem there is in the gut, it all starts there, um, many people with celiac can go decades undiagnosed um, be, if, if their uh, gut symptoms are minimal and uh, the problems are happening elsewhere in other tissues and organs. As a neurologist, uh, I've been the first person to diagnose celiac disease in a number of my patients over the years. And that's because they, their primary symptoms of celiac were, were neurological in origin uh, rather than uh, digestive in origin. Uh, for example, I have one case that sticks out always is uh, a, a woman who all her life had had these um, uncontrollable sudden jerks uh, of her body. Um, very much like it, what most of us have experienced when we're about to fall asleep and your body jerks you awake. It's called axial myoclonus, or in that case, hypnic jerks, meaning jerks before you fall asleep. Um, but for her, they were happening all the time. They would happen throughout the day, and they would happen all the time at night. It would um, prevent her from getting a full night's rest. And it turned out uh, she had her, her testing revealed that she had celiac. And this problem resolved when she adopted a gluten-free diet. And in this particular case, um, the problem was uh, thought to be caused by antibodies that are attacking certain cells in the spinal cord to produce this problem. Um, but the take-home message is that the, even though the problem begins in the gut, the actual consequences may be more significant somewhere else, um, like the brain, skin, nerves, pancreas, bones, blood, immune system, and so forth. And then another reason, um, it's quite common for people who have some degree of gut dysfunction to not realize it, is because they might think it's just normal digestion. And this is, of course, a problem with many things today. The standard Western diet makes us sick in many different ways, but if everyone is sick in this way, then that becomes what we think of as normal. And it's been said by others that in this day and age, you don't want to be normal because normal no longer means healthy. That might have been true, you know, 50,000 years ago, but not now. And I know this definitely happened to me. After I changed my diet, um, all these symptoms that I thought were just part of normal digestion went away. And I felt so much better after eating than I ever had before. Um, but had I not changed my diet, I'd have never realized that there were any issues. Um, and one reason I point this out is that one common thing that I've heard over the years is, for, for example, well, you know, I eat wheat and it doesn't upset my stomach, so wheat or gluten isn't a problem for me. Which, of course, as I've said, just said, is uh, not at all true, but if you don't have significant digestive symptoms, then you might be inclined to take the whole gut health issue less seriously. So I don't want that to happen to you. All right, so now let's talk a little bit about the connection between migraines and the gut. As I said, you could uh, make the argument that it's a, a gut disorder or that it's uh, gut dysfunction is necessary. So why are uh, migraines and the gut so tightly linked? First reason is that the gut is uh, a critical line of defense between us and the outside world. And one way of thinking about migraines is as a condition of heightened sensitivity to the environment. That's where the whole concept of environmental triggers arose from in the first place. 
some of those triggers can be at least partially internal, but many of them are external or things that are in our environment. And if you think about how the outside world uh, gets access to us, to our to the inside of us, it's via by way of our respiratory tract, so our you know lungs, um, our skin, and our gut. And so that's why you know the things that we eat are so tightly linked to migraine. So just like with the air, it's not normal fresh air that's the problem here, but rather when we inhale things in the air that shouldn't be in our lungs and inside of our bodies, things like chemicals and pollutants. And likewise, it's not the stuff that we're supposed to eat or ingest that's responsible for migraines, not the stuff that's supposed to get inside of us. It's when stuff we ingest that's not supposed to get inside of us is allowed to. And of course, the gut is the organ that's responsible for keeping things for keeping things in food out that aren't supposed to get in. And so this is why, again, I say migraines are in part a gut disorder. If foods are tr triggering migraines, then it's likely because things are getting into the bloodstream and access to the brain even that shouldn't be getting there. The second reason, I think, is that the gut is the pathway to systemic inflammation. And I'll talk more about this process in a minute. But chronic low-grade inflammation, as you may know, plays a role in virtually all, if not all, um, diseases of civilization, including migraine, and is also likely a key ingredient in the transition from acute or episodic migraines to chronic migraines. So based on these two things, um, we, we would predict, excuse me, that any condition that impacts the health of the gut would predispose us towards migraine. So there is a significant increase in the likelihood of uh, GI disorders of all kind in migraine. That includes um, irritable bowel syndrome, celiac disease, um, H. pylori infection, gastroparesis, dysbiosis, functional dyspepsia, to name a few. Um, and then on the flip side, those who have migraines are also more likely to have a gut disorder. So, and then lastly, many migraineurs, uh, you may be one of them, note that changes in bowel patterns um, are oftentimes associated with an attack. So things like, you know, bloating and constipation and so forth. Again, another sign that uh, some sort of gut mal malfunction is a predisposing factor. Again, I uh, mentioned before, some of you may recall the post and the podcast that I did previously on the connections between gluten and migraine and specifically um, celiac disease. And there I talked about how uh, the abnormal spots in the white matter um, are, were more common in those with celiac, uh, who have celiac and migraines. So people with who had celiac disease and suffered from migraines were more likely to have these abnormal spots on their white matter, in the white matter in, on their brain MRIs. And these spots are uh, indistinguishable, so identical to the spots that are commonly seen in people with migraines, and in that context are typically reported as migraine-associated change. And uh, the reasons for them has been, have been completely uh, unknown. Um, in these studies of people with um, celiac and migraines, uh, gluten-free diets leads to improvement or resolution of their migraines, and then those who end up lapsing on the diet and go back to eating gluten not only see worsening of their migraines, but they see uh, accumulation of those spots, so more of those spots. So you have this very strong link between leaky gut 
which again, is a fundamental problem uh, here, uh, that and inflammation in the gut uh, with celiac disease and migraines, as well as these white matter spots. And I think this gives us a very good model for what uh, is maybe happening to everyone in migraines, um, that leaky gut leads to, is a predisposing factor for migraines, but the route, the way in which uh, you, you know, the gut becomes dysfunctional may differ from one person to the next because there are a lot of potential things that can do it. Just one of those things being celiac disease. Uh, just to uh, just a note on this particular topic, if you are someone who has had an MRI in the past and uh, were told you had these spots, um, it's probably reasonable to ask for testing for celiac disease if you haven't had it done already. And I also think it's reasonable, and uh, uh, something I for cer certainly do, to assume you at least have gluten sensitivity um, if you have migraines. Now that we have given you hopefully reason to care, let's talk about why gut issues are so common these days, which will then lead us to kind of what we can do to best take care of our gut. So if we were all living out in the wild as hunter-gatherers, well, I wouldn't have to give this talk at all. We'd enjoy robust gut health and function, be free of digestive issues, and of course, free of migraines, because both of those things are diseases of civilization um, only emerging in the presence of modern diets and lifestyles. Um, and so since gut dysfunction seems uh, a critical element in predisposing to migraines, then the next question is, what are the critical areas of mismatch that lead to um, poor gut health? And when it comes to this issue of how mismatch impacts the health and function of the gut, there are really two key issues um, that it causes. And the first of these is breakdown of the gut barrier or leaky gut, as I've talked about. And the second is disruption of our microbiome. So I'm going to first talk a little bit about the areas of mismatch that cause breakdown of the gut barrier. Okay, thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Miracle Moment. Again, if you're interested in watching the entire presentation on uh, optimizing gut health for the migraineur um, and joining us in future clinic chat live sessions, then you can learn more about becoming a Migraine Everland member uh, by going to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash start. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you next time.